Morning. Uh, not that long ago, I remember reading a story about a missionary overseas who, when he got there, uh, they didn't have much for transportation, so they just gave him this old car, except that the car would never start without a push. So you can basically imagine everywhere he went, he'd have to get a bunch of local teenagers, you know, and he'd hop in, and they'd get behind and kind of get it going, you know, sort of pop the clutch, and eventually, eventually the engine rolls over, and, and he could go. And so he started coming up with all these different ways he would have to put all this extra effort in just to get his car going. Lots of times, if he had a meeting somewhere for like a half hour, an hour, he'd just leave his car running. <laughs> just a good way to run out of gas, right? Or he was in a particularly, particularly hilly place, and so lots of times he would leave his car like on the downhill, and essentially it's, you know, it's kind of like being in neutral, right? You get the energy going, pop it, and he would start the car. And he did this for two years every day. Well, eventually his replacement came on the mission field and he brings this new missionary aside and one of the first things he tells him and he says, listen, at the station here we've got this old car and so this is what you're going to have to do with it and he explains to the guy how he's going to have to start his car and the guy says, that just doesn't sound right to me. So he opens up the hood and he looks inside and he says, uh, buddy, uh, all you have here is a loose cable. <laughs> he takes the cable, plugs it in gets in the driver's seat, and turns it right on, which had to be like the most disheartening moment in the world, right? It's like all that striving to get something going, and it just wasn't even necessary. Perhaps you're here this morning, and you feel like you've been striving and striving and striving in your faith, but you're just not seeing results. You're not operating in the power that God wants you to operate in. I would say you're not seeing transformation in your life or around you because most likely you're not connected truly to the power source. But we're going to see in Scripture today that you don't have to manufacture that power on your own anymore, that you can plug into it. You want that. Do you want that? Do you want to feel God's power in and through your life? I, I pray that you do. Because the Apostle Paul is going to show us the process for that this morning. I'd love for you to open the Bible with me. There's a Bible under every chair. We're going to be on page 948 in Ephesians chapter 3. Or if you'd like, you can uh, use uh, the Renovation Church app. You just uh, open it up, tap Bible uh, and weekly verses. For the 100 of you or so that were at our prayer meetings last week, uh, we... We actually prayed through this passage at the meeting, and now I'm going to teach through it. So Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to start at verse 16. Here's what Paul says to the church in Ephesus. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Watch how much power comes up here. Power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So the first two weeks of this series, we talked about how our church, Renovation Church, if we're going to be plugged into the power of God, we need to be grounded in prayer. And then second week, in the word of God. Uh, this morning, 
I want to take this final week of the series to talk about you personally. How can you personally be more plugged in to the power of God for your own life and for those around you? So I'm going to give you three things from this passage on how to plug in your faith. Let's take a look at them. Uh, Number one, according to what we see in Ephesians here, you need to let God strengthen you from the inside out, right? This is how you go out in power. Now, don't fret. We're going to put that back up in just a second. But I want, I want you to look closer again at the first verse and a half here. Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. So the Bible's saying God can do this. He can strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Okay, there's a lot here. He says you can be strengthened in your inner being. Well, that's not a phrase we use a lot, right? And he's essentially saying your inner being, uh, in scripture, that's like your heart. It's the core of who you are, that God can strengthen you with power there. But how? Now, this is actually uh, one of the central teachings of the New Testament. And Jesus, in fact, loves to teach on this particular aspect. He tells us that change... Like the power to bring change into your life comes not from you just striving in outward behavior. Change actually will always happen from the inside out. Like change comes when you refocus how you spend your time. It comes when you say, okay, I think the best use of my time would actually be to open up God's word this morning and start talking to him, right? not just hitting the snooze button. The Bible says when you let him in, that he actually begins to change you because he's strengthening you, it says, through the Holy Spirit in power. Do you want that? I'll just tell you, it's, it's not going to come. The power isn't going to come when you spend most of your time binge-watching the latest season of Housewives of Chattanooga, or whatever you spend your time doing. The power is not there. You've got to connect. You've got to plug in to the right thing, or you're just striving on your own to see change happen in your life. This is yet another reason that we started these 15-minute prayer meetings 20 minutes before our service. The last two weeks, we had 100 people each time, each week, so about 50 at each service. That's amazing, right? I thought we'd maybe see 30. I, I continually tell you I'm the person with the least faith in this church. Sorry I'm your pastor, right? And so... That's okay, right? Then maybe God can flow through me. You'll know it's him. It's just amazing, right? But because we know that the power comes when we encounter him, not just when we strive on our own. We can't manufacture power in our own lives. And really, that's always been the vision of this church. Our vision is to be a people being changed by God to change the world. That's that inner strengthening that happens that allows you to change. We don't have the power within us to change our families, You don't have the power within you to somehow reignite love in your marriage. Like, you don't have that power. You don't have the power to change the spiritual climate of your workplace. We don't have the power for that, but God working in us can do a transformation in you that he can flow through you in power. But where does that transformation happen? It's the inner being. It happens actually in secret. It happens when you're off on your own in the morning, late at night, when no one's watching. That's when it happens. You know, my sense is as I kind of assess our church, assess the American church, I think too many of us are trying to do God's work in our own power. 
And honestly, that's exhausting. That's like always having to start your car on your own. Like maybe you're leading a small group every week, or you're teaching a class on renovation kids, or you're doing something out in the community, and you're just tired right now. And you've been thinking to yourself, I don't even, like, how do I tell my leader I don't even want to do this next year? Because you're just tired. And most likely you're tired because you've been trying to lead in your own power. And you're not seeing any fruit because you're leading in your own power. Right? You're not, honestly, if you think about it, you're not on your knees through the week saying, God, as I teach this week, would you just be present? Would you move to me as I share with my small group? I'm just, I'm praying for each one of them. A lot of us, we just don't do that. We come in our own power. Like, I'll ask the right questions. I'll teach the right way. And so, yeah, you're not seeing any transformational power flow out of you because it's you trying to do it in your own strength. It's like you're saying, I want to be a light, but you forgot to plug yourself in. I think all of us are kind of like this, right? I think particularly when we get to this season, like around Easter, I think a lot of us get frustrated that many of our friends and family members aren't following Christ yet. And then they're, they're maybe not listening to what we're saying. Or maybe we're just frustrated that we don't even have the courage, right? We like wish we did, but we haven't had the courage to go out and actually say something. We're just hoping that they would see the light, but we need to plug the light in. And the Bible says, Roman ones, it says, Romans 1 says, it is the power of God that brings salvation. First Corinthians, Paul tells us that he, salvation doesn't come through your own wise and persuasive words, but it's through the power of God. So if you want to see more power in your life, you want to see God really flowing and moving in your life, changing your own life, changing the lives around you, then I will be so honest with you right now. You know, lots of times people say, oh, you just got to read the Bible more, you got to pray. And we, we hear that, we go, oh, it's just so simplistic. And, and maybe the action items of that are simplistic. But if you really want to see the power and movement of the Holy Spirit in your life, you have got to be serious about allotting time in your life every single day to meet with God, to open up his word every day, to talk with him every day. Otherwise, it's not going to happen, right? Because you can't do it in your own strength. I think there are too many Christians out there. They want to see the power of God. They want to see the fruit of the Spirit, but they don't want to do the work to root themselves in Christ first. You know, so many of the people in history that just, we just look at and go, wow, that was this amazing Christian. They did these amazing things, not because they had power themselves, but most of the time it's simply because they just spent longer than everybody else plugged into God in the morning before they went out for the day. And so I just tell you, plug in, get charged up, and just watch what God can do with your life. And while you meet with him and he's charging you up, there's one thing in particular that will be really beneficial for you to focus on according to this passage. And this is number two. It's really important that we grasp his love. So this allows you not only to go out in power, but allows you to go out in love yourself. Again, we're going to put that back up in a, in a second, but look, look at verses 18 and 19 again. Paul is praying that Christians may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. 
and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So you want to see power flowing through you? You want to see change in your life and those around you? Okay, then you get together with God every day. And one of the things that you focus on more than any other is grasping the love of Jesus Christ for you. Uh, We use this phrase a lot around here where we say one of the best things you can do is to preach the gospel to yourself. And so I do this uh, when I pray. You know, one of the things I've been using lately in prayer I wanted to share with you just as a resource is I've been using this new prayer app. Uh, I don't think it's new, but it's new to me, called the Echo Prayer app. And one of the things I like about it is it keeps me really focused in prayer. And so I can put a bunch of my prayer requests in there, and then I can set a timer for how long I want to pray for. I know I just pray all day, right? Okay, I set a timer, and then I put, I can, you can even set a timer, so like every two minutes or one minute or whatever you want, it'll just beep at you, and you'll have a, a new prayer request, so it shuffles through them. And that's helpful to me, because my, I'm a thinker, so my mind is always running 100 miles an hour, and Often I find I'll be praying, and then before you know it, I'm thinking about my calendar for the day or whatever. And so it keeps me focused. And one of the things that I have pop up every single day, it just pops up and it says to me, it says, the gospel. When I see that, I preach the gospel to myself. Okay, so this is what it looks like for me. I'll be praying in the morning, and I'll I'll pop up and say the gospel. And I'll say, Lord, I... (laughs) You know that I'm a sinner. You saw what I did yesterday. Like when I just went berserko on one of my kids, you know, screaming at them or whatever. You, 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 you saw what I did here and here. You saw me sin this morning. I've barely even been up, right? You know what my future holds. And yet, God, I think of on, on, on Palm Sunday, right, you chose to ride the donkey into town because you were coming to die for me, for that sinner David Sorn. You let yourself be murdered on the cross for me. Through my faith, these sins that I just keep beating myself over with, like, I can't believe you did that, you're looking at them and you're saying, nope, gone. As far as the east is from the west, gone. And I'm, I'm praying like that in the morning. Okay, so what am I doing? I'm preaching the gospel to myself. I'm doing what Paul says in Ephesians. He says, I want you to grasp. It's an important word. I want you to grasp, to grab, to grip, to take hold of the love of God. And that it would just be so deep within you. That's powerful when you can do that. You cannot meditate and study the love of God too much. Like you just need to bury yourself in it until it seeps out of you. I would say to the church, we need to encounter God not just with our minds, but with our hearts. Personally, I worry about this for the American church over the next 10 years. And three years ago, I didn't even think I would be worrying about this because it looked like the trend in the church was we're going like all heart and no mind. But then with technologies, technology, some curious things have happened and I feel like for many people, their faith is going back to all mind and not enough heart. I would say that American Christians are on this curious trend where we're reducing our experience of God to some live streaming service. We're reducing God to just mere content, to just tips 
that we can bring in to enhance our already busy lives. And so there's this crazy trend, even in the last few years, where more and more Americans are just streaming God at home on a Sunday morning in their pajamas while they wash dishes. Right? So what is that? What are you bringing in? Well, you're just bringing in knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge is good. Okay, we love knowledge, probably more than the average church even. But you also need your soul to be rocked with the love of God. You are not going to see powerful change in your life if you just learn one more fact about love. Right? You're just going about your busy day and you're listening to something. Oh, well, that's so fascinating. Did you know that love, there are actually four Greek words for love in the Bible, right? It's cool, but it's not changing your life. Right? It's not powerfully transforming who we are. You need to encounter the real love of God, not just study it. Okay, that's why we come to pray. That's why, we come, that's why we come to worship and we sing of his love. Okay, we don't just engage our minds, you engage your heart, your spirit. See, my fear is if over the next 10 years, American Christians begin only to interact with God in this downloadable intellectual manner, then we will be a church without power. The great theologian Jonathan Edwards once explained this by saying, there are two ways to know that honey is sweet. He said you can know it rationally with your mind or you can experience it with your tongue. So think about this. You could actually know that honey is indeed sweet without ever having tasted of it. Okay, maybe somebody just told you that, hey, I want you to know honey is sweet. That'd be a weird conversation, but let's just say it happened, right? You read about it on Wikipedia or something. And so somebody comes to you and they say, I can't remember. Is honey sweet? You could, theoretically, right? You could factually and truthfully answer, yes, honey is indeed sweet. And you'd be right. Or... Edward says, you can get a jar of honey and actually taste and sense the sweetness of honey for yourself. And he says, when you actually taste it yourself for the first time, he says, you will say, I mean, I knew it was sweet, but I really didn't know it was sweet. I knew, but I, I didn't know. But David says this in Psalm 34. He says, we need to taste and see that the Lord is good. Not just believe that he is good. And so if you want transforming power, you've got something in your life like, God, I just need you to do this. This is breaking apart. I need you to move. I need that power. And you have to allot time. This is more important than probably anything else you'll do in your day. Even though it's hard to squeeze in, it just is more important. You have to allot time to let him strengthen you in your inner being and give time every day for you to grasp how crazy he is about you. You just need that time every day for him to just speak to your heart and go, you know what? Like, you think that I love you? If, he, if you even caught a percentage of my love for you, you would say, stop, it's too much. That's what brings the power. So we seek it out. Prioritize this in your life. Say, I'm just, for the next year, I'm going to try whatever it takes to just not even miss a service here 
Why? Not just so you can come and hear content, so you can come and be amongst the saints and worship together. That's, that moves your heart. Say, I'm going to come, I'm going to pray, I'm going to wake up early tomorrow, and I'm going to seek him. Prioritize it. Okay, there's one more step in Ephesians 3 here for just plugging into the power. And the third thing is this. You act like God. So this is going to be about obedience here. You act like God can do immeasurably more. Why? Because he can. Right? That allows you to go out in faith. Now, I would say that the majority of Christians in this room dabble some with number one. We do a little bit. Maybe a few of you kind of are getting into number two. I would say most of us aren't really living in number three yet. Okay, you're going to get there, right? Because this is what God's doing in our church. Here's what usually happens to most of us. Okay, so let's say tomorrow morning, you wake up 10 minutes early, right? Don't, please don't go home and wake up two hours early and think you're going to pray for two hours tomorrow when you haven't prayed in six weeks, right? You just build your muscle for us. You start with maybe five minutes next week, you do six, right? You work your way into it. Okay, so you wake up early. You open the Bible and you're talking to God and ah, it was kind of cool and you felt God moving in your life. It was a great way to start your day. But what's happening? There's this spiritual excitement and power that's rising in your life maybe throughout the day. And maybe because God is just moving in you and you're listening more than normal, let's say you get to lunch. Right? You go out to lunch. You just went to Culver's yesterday, so you go to McDonald's today or whatever, right? And, and you're in line. And you feel like maybe God is prompting you to pay by the lunch of the person in front of you. And you're going, uh-uh. <laughs> right? That's super weird. I don't even know where that thought came from. I'm sure it was just me. I'm not going to do that. And so you don't. Right? Later that night, you're at home. Let's just, I know a lot of you aren't married. Some of you are, are, are 14. Um, but let's just pretend, pretend, pretend you're married. And I'm happy that you're not married. Let's pretend that you're, <laughs> let's pretend that you're married, right? And you're, you're sitting on the couch with your spouse and they're watching Netflix or whatever. And again, in your mind, it just goes, It'd be so cool if we prayed together tonight. I know we don't normally do that, but I just, I feel like something moving to me, like we should do that. And you kind of imagine them going, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. And so you go, yeah, I'm not going to do that. You don't do it. And here's what happens. This power and this spiritual excitement that rose up within you in the morning, by the end of the day, just comes back down like this. And it just falls down again. And see, this is, I think, a big reason why so many of us are just, we never have prolonged excitement for the Lord. You have seasons, and it just goes down. And it happens because when it goes up, we don't obey. But let's go Groundhog's Day on this whole thing, okay? So let's do it. Let's start the morning over, okay? The alarm clock goes off, 6 a.m., right? Like, I got you, babe. <laughs> so you, <laughs> from the movie. Anyway, um, you wake up, you go outside. No! <laughs> okay, I need to focus. And you, now you're at lunch. Okay, you're at lunch again, and, and the Spirit is prompting you, and, and you say, uh, I'm just going to take a risk. I feel like when I listen to the Holy Spirit, most of the time, I don't know with 100%. But again, like, okay, what if it was just me? Well, that's so mean to buy someone. It's not like a bad thing anyway, right? And so you buy the person lunch. You say, hey, this is kind of weird, but I just feel like ah, I'm supposed to buy you lunch, and so I want to just buy you lunch. Okay, what if they turn around and look at you with a tear in their eye, and they say, 
I seriously just lost my job an hour ago. And I, wow. I mean, can you imagine the conversation? Okay, let's say later that night, you look at your spouse and you say, hey, would it be okay if maybe now or maybe before we go to bed, if just for like two minutes, we just, I know we don't normally do that, but we just prayed together. What if they look back at you and said, I've been thinking the same thing for two weeks, but I've just been too afraid to say it. Yes. Okay, if that happened, right? Here's what happens. God rises up in you in the morning, but when you obey in faith, rather than this just going back down again, this begins to solidify, and you go, whoa. And your faith is growing. And tomorrow morning, where do you start from? You start from here, not here. And you begin to just move in this power of transformation in your life because you're understanding who God really is. Okay, think of what Paul says in the very next two verses, verse 20. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. That is this, okay? That's his power. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. His power is at work within you, but you need to believe, you need to pray, and then you've got to act because he can do immeasurably more, it says. Like, what does that even mean? You ever think about that? Immeasurably more. That means this. It would be like if you spent the next hour and you only presented to God the craziest prayer requests you have ever prayed in your whole life, like all the big ones. And you said, God, I'm laying them all before you right now. <laughs> Take this. I want you to. And you just went for an hour. It would be as if you finished and God audibly said to you, seriously, that's like it? That's like all you need? That's what immeasurably more means. That is the power of God. And I think a lot of us are walking in sort of this powerless faith because we haven't yet truly understood, maybe because we haven't really spent much time in number one and two, how absolutely powerful God is. And Paul prays that exact thing, that Christians would get that earlier on in Ephesians. Look at this, Ephesians chapter one. Paul says, I also pray that you will understand. I pray this for you. You will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. Who's it for? It's for who? Yell that out. What does it say? For who? For all oh, you did not yell. For, <laughs> it's for us. It's for you. It's not for like, oh, well, God. No, he, he wants to do it in you, he's saying. For us who believe him. You say, well, how powerful really is it? He says, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. That's the power available to you if you would seek him. I think some of us in this room, we need to come to God every single day this week when you wake up and you pray. I want you to address God this way. Say, okay, hey, morning, Lord. Um, to the God who can do immeasurably more, I'm asking you this, this morning. I mean, just even preface your prayers that way. We need to be done. Church, we need to be done with these sort of prayers that are like, oh, God, I just, uh, I want to talk to Sarah uh, this week about Easter, but um, 
you know how far she is from you, and I'm sure she's just it's not even going to work, and uh, I just not, I'm, I'm sure I'm just going to chicken out, and I don't even know why I brought it up. No, 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 because you know his love, because you know how powerful he is, I want you to stand up every day for the next six or seven days, and I want you to say, God, you love this woman. You made this woman, and she is lost, and she needs you. So I need you to use me your servant next week to be a part of her finding your son Jesus. I want you to trans I want you to save her next week and totally transform her life and do that in the name of Jesus. And then because you believe that he actually is powerful, you don't just pray that in your room, right? Because if you really believe what will you do? You're going to walk up to Sarah. You're going to say, hey, uh, Sarah, uh, I was wondering. And then you, leave, you, just, you leave the results to Jesus. We don't know his timing. It might not be this Easter weekend, right? We just remember Jesus is always on time. Let's just start walking in power again. Start plugging in again. God's going to move when we get out of the way. We let him have the glory. And notice in that very last verse, who gets the glory? What does it say? It says to him, to God be the glory when we walk this process. I just want to tell you, I just think God is up to something so special in this church right now. You know, I've been pastoring this church since we started it. And I'm not really sure we've ever had a month like this. It's just the season of, he's just, I just feel it in my spirit. And I'm not sure I've ever even said this out loud before to a group of people. I just feel it in my spirit that he's just doing something remarkable in this church right now. I was at our very first prayer meeting at first service last week. And I'm, I'm watching again, like I said, I thought there'd be almost no one there and there were 50, 60 people there. And they're all have their heads bowed and they're praying together and their eyes are closed. And I cheated and I opened my eyes. And I, hey, when I give the gospel and I say, everybody, I know you guys are in the back. Like, open your eyes looking right. So don't throw your stones elsewhere. And so I, I opened my eyes. And I was just looking out at this. And I'm thinking, my God, how, how would you not move? Like, you're going to move. Like, we're coming to you. We're humbling ourselves saying, we're done thinking we can do this on our own. Yeah, it's working. We're seeing people come to Christ, but we just really want to see you move. We're going to see him move. We're going to see him move. Next weekend, we're going to see him move. People are going to get saved. You're going to come back here next weekend, and you're going to see person after 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 person stand up and say, I want to follow Jesus Christ for the first time as they wipe the tears away from their eyes. That's going to happen in this room. God is going to rock this very room with his power, and God is going to get the glory. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you for what you're doing in our church right now as we just humble ourselves and submit to you like we never have before. God, we just pray that this season is extended for our church. 
that we would be a people that connect with you like we never have before and you would just give us power both individually and collectively as a group. In your name we pray. Amen.